Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with my Outdesk and today today we have a special guest and and I and I really 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 mean this and here's the challenge, okay? You're really doing great in sales. Your marketing is kicking buck. All of a sudden, you're on that seven-figure business roadmap and you're starting to net like half a million to a million dollars and then you can't grow. Something stops you from growing. You're, you're, you're killing it in the sales area, but something isn't working right. Today, our special guest, Joey Coleman, is going to break down how you actually continue to grow once you're at scale. And it all has to do with the customer experience. So today, we've got Joey here. Joey, thanks for being here today. Oh, my pleasure, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Dude, here's the craziness. Okay, so Joey's book, Never Lose a Customer Again. Like, I, I, it's right there, right there. I read the book like two years ago. I bought like 20 copies and gave it to every single person at our company and said, hey, we've got to do some of these things and, and, and we've got to implement them. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can just call Joey up. Maybe he'll come on our show. Maybe he'll help us. And so we've brought Joey on today to talk through the eight phases of a customer experience and how to make people happy. And uh, that's primarily what we're going to focus on today. So Joey, thanks for being here, man. And let's to start with just like why, why you've made this your life passion. Why is this such an important thing, especially for us real estate people? Sure. No, happy to be here and happy to get a chance to talk to folks today because I think for what it's worth, the real estate industry is probably the place where this can be applied the easiest and the fastest to yes. solve a huge problem. So yes. why is it a huge problem in real estate? Well, if you look at the National Association of Realtors, they do studies and they do studies on a regular basis about buyer and seller satisfaction. Yep. The most recent data that they have shows that after a home is purchased, so we've had a buyer and a seller experience, they go to the folks who bought the house and they ask them about their experience. When they ask them about their experience, 88%, 88% of the people who bought homes in the United States over the course of the year said they had a great experience with their realtor. That's right. So they said, okay, this is fantastic. They then went back to those people when they bought their second home, right? So it may have been their second or their third, their next home. And right. they asked them, how many of you of the 88% that had a great experience, how many of you used the realtor you used last time? 11%. Right. Why is that? Why is it that people can say they have an incredible experience in the moment but when we try to get any semblance of loyalty or ongoing relationship or referrals down the road, it's like the scene from the movie where you basically say, cue the tumbleweed and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. quiet, right? There's nothing there. Right. The reason is most realtors and most businesses, because this isn't unique to the real estate industry. That's right. Most businesses have a tendency 
to neglect the customer after the sale. They do a great job of courting the customer. They do a great job of whining and dining and getting everyone excited. And most companies actually do a pretty darn good job in the moment of the sale. Right. But the second the sale is over, it becomes an afterthought. And then when we go to our existing customer base or people who have been customers in the past and we say, hey, we'd like you to come back for more, or we'd like you to make a referral or any of these type of things that most business owners struggle to do. How do you keep in communication with people after the fact? We're shocked when they don't respond. We're shocked when they don't come back and do more business with us. Across all industries around the world, Daniel, somewhere between 20 and 80% of new customers depending on your industry, 20 to 80% decide to stop doing business with you before they reach the 100-day anniversary of the sale. Wow. They're running out the back door as quickly as you're bringing them in the front door. So when you say your business grows and grows and then you get to this point where you stop growing, the reason is you're still actually growing in terms of new customers and new sales, but you're not keeping your existing customers. So it becomes a net neutral gain. You gain one, you lose one. Or what happens in most companies, they gain two or three, but they lose four or five. Right. And so they feel like they're still having this growth because all they're measuring is the sales. But if they look at the overall revenues and the overall growth of the business, it becomes very stagnant. And I love it. Guys, if you're listening right now, we've got somebody who has been hired some of the biggest corporations in the world to help fix their customer experience. Before we dive in, because we're going to go through all of those eight phases, I want to know where you're from and your name. So just in the notes, do me a favor. We've got Tim from Seattle already kind of checking in, but just let us know where you're from and your name. Uh, Joey's going to give away. We've got a free giveaway, which is, which is really, really, really cool. So if you stay to the end, uh, Joey's going to give away his first 100 days after, is it after a close or I guess it's after a close? Yeah, so it's the first 100 days. Day one yeah. is when the customer signs the contract or hands over their hard-earned cash. So in a real estate setting, this would be the closing meeting, right? Yes. Because that's where everything's happening. Um, so what are you doing after that? Now, let's be very clear because lots of times folks will push back on this. They'll say, but Joey, what happens before that matters too? Absolutely. Yep. I'm not saying that marketing and sales aren't important. I'm not saying that the early stages of getting somebody up and running aren't important. What I am saying is we have a tendency as human beings to be more excited about the chase than the catch. Yes. We're more excited about filling the funnel, prospecting, getting new people in the door than we are about making investments into the relationship that will keep a customer coming back for more. What I love about all the people chiming in, we literally have a cross section of the United States, we right? Do. We've got, you know, North and South, East and West, here, there, and everywhere. And I love it because this stuff applies wherever you operate. And for anybody who might be listening that's outside the United States, guess what? It applies there too. Why is that? It's based on human psychology. Humans are the same the world over, right? When we make a purchase, we have a hope, we have a dream, we have a feeling that this product or this service or this house is going to be the answer to our prayers. It's going to be the thing we've always dreamed of. It's going to be absolutely incredible and amazing. Right. But scientific research shows us when we make that purchase, our brain floods with dopamine. We feel joy, euphoria, and excitement. Yes. But almost as quickly as our brain floods with that dopamine, 
the dopamine starts to recede. And as it recedes, those feelings of joy, euphoria, and excitement are replaced by feelings of fear and doubt and uncertainty. What if this product I bought isn't all it's cracked up to be? Will I be able to get my money back? What if this service I signed up for, they don't actually come when they said they're going to come? How am I going to get them to actually show up and do the work? In a house selling context, what if this house, that despite the fact that the inspectors have signed on on it, despite the fact that I did the walkthrough and everything seems okay, what if I get into the house and a year from now there's a problem? Yep. Well, it's not enough to just sell your customers a warranty, Okay you need to be ready to deliver on it. For example, I was at a house yesterday, okay? True story. Last night for dinner, I'm at a friend's house. Brand new house in a new development. They've lived there about two years now, right? Right. So it's still very, the house still has that new house smell and feel. Yeah, yeah. And we walked in and there's a giant tarp hanging off the sliding glass door to go out to the balcony. Yeah. And on the inside, on the hardwood floors, are a bunch of towels. Mm. Now, it doesn't take a rocket science to know we have some type of a water-based issue. Okay? <laughs> yeah. We don't know what it is, but we know there is a water-based issue. Now, right. as it turns out, the company that did the development sold to another company, who wow. then sold to another company, who then sold to another company. This is all within the last two years. Wow. This is what's happening in this industry, right? There's so much great growth. There's so much change. There's so much consolidation. And depending on what part of the world you operate in, this is happening. Right. They've been in a battle for six months since Easter to try to get this leak fixed. Now, they've only been in the house two years. It is, it's a brand new house. It's clear that this is a construction issue. This isn't a, oh, wear and tear over decades issue. This is a very obvious issue. As it turns out, the right side of the sliding glass door was leaking in the first year. They got that replaced. But guess what? The job didn't get handled because now the left side's leaking, Mm. right? So the moral of the story is this happens all day, every day to every one of your customers. The problem is, the majority of your customers don't ever tell you. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue and reduce expenses and the answer is simple. It's my Outdesk virtual assistants. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over a hundred million dollars in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants and I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M-O-D, MOD, to 31996 and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist and hiring guides. 
My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how My Outdesk can transform your business today. So let's bring it back to the real estate agents and the folks that are on the call. Do you think my friend who has the leaking door reached out to the real estate agent or did they reach out to the homeowners association? Or did they reach out to the builder? Well, I'll tell you who they didn't reach out to because it's two years later, they didn't actually reach out to the real estate person. Now here's the thing, should they have reached out to the real estate person? Well, I'm not sure. Would the real estate person have done anything to solve the problem? <laughs> a good one, maybe. <laughs> a good one? Yeah. But would the majority of agents? No, they would have said, I've sold this house. I've moved on. I've got other open houses this week. I've got other closings this week. Here's the person you need to contact. Right. Right. That's probably how it would have been handled. Sure. And then guess what? Do you think they're gonna use the same real estate agent in the future. Now let's be clear, is it the real estate agent's fault? No. No. But is it the real estate agent's problem? Yes. Well, and I My wife is famous for saying, it may not be your fault, but it's your problem, right? And it's one of those things where, what are we doing to really take care of our customers throughout the customer life cycle? Not just when they're doing business with us. Well, and I think here's the challenge right now. If you're listening, we are going through tremendous change in our industry right now. I buyers, you can sell your house right now to an investor in less than seven days. Uh, you've got all the portals fighting for the consumer's attention and major brokerages. If you're listening right now and you're a brokerage owner or you're a leader in the industry, the reality is we have to have a different customer experience for our agents because back, Joey, back when I started in real estate, the broker had all the power. Now, whoever has the consumer eyeballs, have, they have all the power. And so right. you have to craft- and who actually has more power than that? The consumer. consumer. So here's the thing. We are living in an era where information is ubiquitous. What that means is you can get information everywhere. <laughs> I, can, I can see some, but there's a house across the street from my house right. that is for sale. I can go in and read the tax records. Yep. I can go in and see the last five times what it sold for. I can do all of this in seconds on my phone. Right. Seconds. It right. used to be that I would have to hire a real estate professional. We, they would have to look into it. We'd have to figure it. And I was always up wondering, well, are they telling me the truth? Because <laughs> it's in their best interest right. to make the number as high as possible if they're trying sure. to get me to buy it. Or if I'm trying to sell it, they want it in many ways to, to be lower, right? Depending on, you, you get this kind fast. of- you, you they Fast. They want a fast sale, you know, yeah. They want a fast sale. So it creates this weird dynamic. But here's the thing, those days are over. That's right. And a lot of real estate agents are still living in the past. Yep. They're still living in the past thinking, oh, well, you have to work with us to buy a house. No, right. you don't. There's yep. another house on the same street. I live in Boulder, Colorado, just for context, because right. I know that real estate is very local. But there's right. another house on the same street, a little bit further down, that has a sign in front of it that says, sell your house 
for less than $2,000 total. Right. A house like this one, this house is for sale, total cost will be less than $2,000 for you to buy it. Right. That's what you're competing against. Oh, and by the way, the houses that, that these are in front of are listing at $1.8, $1.8 million. <laughs> and they're selling it through a service that is only going to take less than $2,000 all in commissions. Yeah. hundred percent, man. You know, we, um, today we're onboarding, uh, uh, two people at my outdesk. One, one, um, it, she's one of the largest brokers in her state, like 700 transactions. And I asked her like, what are, what problem are we solving for her? And, and it's such great timing, Joey, because like literally I had a call before this with her. She says, I don't call my customers after we close, period. Now, now, and she's doing 700 transactions. She's one of the largest developers in her area. She's the largest real estate person. She has a huge team. Her org chart is off the chain. I mean, it's like 30 deep. And the problem that my outdesk is solving for her is just calling her customers after the close, making sure everything is going well. And this is something that we solve for. So if you're listening real quick, I want to, I want to give a chance to give away a copy of the, my outdesk book, which is awesome. And then Joey's book, which is never lose a customer again. Like that's a big deal. Um, and so I think I'm going to give this gal that this new client, a copy of your book. So if, you, if you're listening, um, get a copy of our book. It's you would text SVP, it's Scale Virtual Professionals, Scale Your Business with Virtual Professionals, so SVP, to 31996. And the 19th person to get a copy of our book, we're going to start giving away Joey's books for free. That means I'm going to buy his books, and then I'm going to personally ship them to you because it's 2019, and you need to love on your customers. How do you like that, Joey? I think that sounds fantastic. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, you know, and here's the thing. I empathize with the woman that you were speaking about, right? It's hard to grow a business. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years now. And it is really difficult to grow a business. As I mentioned earlier, we're more excited as human beings about the chase than the catch, right? I love a deal. I love a deal. Yeah, it's more interesting. The new problem, the new thing we're solving, the new customer, the new relationship. Sometimes as business owners, we're left wondering, what do we say? Let's pretend we did call them. After we say, how are things going? Horrible line. Yeah. Right, which is a horrible line. But let's pretend we said it. How are things going? And they say, fine. Uh, Okay. What are you calling about? By the way, if somebody says the word fine in your life, I want you to think of that as the big F word. Okay? (laughs) Seriously, I want you to stop in the same way you might react if somebody said another F word you might have heard of. Right. They say that, I want you to go, oh my gosh. This is a terrible situation because if they're saying fine, that means that we are in red alert crisis mode. That's right. We need to dig deeper and figure out what is actually going on. Yeah, I love it. Even if they say things are great, what do we say next? How do we continue the conversation? Most realtors, what they do is after the house is sold, they will happily add your email to their email newsletter list. And because they know your physical address, 
they will happily send you once a month, once a year, a postcard, a -hmm. holiday greetings card, Mm -hmm. some touch that actually ends up feeling less than because it lacks personalization. It lacks any kind of connection. It's very clear that is the standard thing that gets sent to everyone. Sure. What are we doing to think in advance to how we want to build out the communications going forward after the sale? Now we're dropping into the eight different phases of customer happiness. So, or a great customer experience. So let's, I mean, I I also want to talk about the the common issue too, that we started the call with. And this happened to me when I was brand new, I, I sold a house. They got transferred a year after I sold the house. They called me when they were escrow with somebody else. And the, and the seller said, Daniel, I didn't know you represented sellers. I thought you were just a buyer's agent. And I was like, oh my God, you know, and, and it was a $500,000 and this is a long time ago. So $500 back then was like a million dollar house. You know, it was a long time ago. So, you know, we here, the challenge is we're not keeping our clients. They're not happy. They're doing business with other business owners. And there's so many models out there, these discount models, these online platforms, that if we're not making them like wowed, they're going to go away. So Joey, let's talk about that. What, what, how do you wow somebody and use your methodology to actually drive revenue and grow a company once it gets really big? Well, here's the thing, and, and I say this respectfully, lots of times we get so caught up in the wow yeah. We miss the basic house. Okay. Okay. I'm not talking about rocket science here. I'm not talking about showering them with gifts. I'm not talking about going to see them every day. Okay. Those things would actually be annoying and creepy. <laughs> what I'm talking about is does a customer know that you care? And do they know that you care after? the likelihood of you getting money from them right away goes away. So here's the thing. When somebody is buying a house, most real, not all, most real estate agents do a pretty good job of taking care of them. They're picking them up in the car. They might have water and snacks in the car. They're driving them around to different places. They have appointments. They have showings. They're seeing some things. And the process goes on from anywhere from a week to a couple months. Yeah. And then the house is purchased and they get into their new house. Now, usually we we then go from, so that's the behavior that all real estate agents mostly do. Not all, but let's be candid. If you don't even do that, we have a bigger problem. We shouldn't be talking about how to keep your customers. We should be talking about how to get get customers. Right. But let's say you're doing that. Right. And then you close and you get the new thing. The top 20%, 10% of realtors are then doing something around the lines of a housewarming gift. Maybe a plant. Maybe I had a friend who bought, I had a friend who bought a two and a half million dollar house that the keys came on a Tiffany keychain. Now on one hand, that was kind of nice. On the other hand, the client did the math and realized that even a keychain from Tiffany's was a fraction of the commission that was earned on the sale of the house. Right. And it ended up feeling not as special as the real estate agent thought it would be, right? So maybe there's a plant, there's some type of a housewarming gift or interaction. Yep. Then what happens? 
like you said, email and, and postcards and maybe a call Nothing once a year. Personal. Right. Is what happens. We then go into autopilot. Right. Have you ever been in a restaurant, Daniel, where the, you know, the waiter or the waitress takes your order and then the food gets brought to your table, often by someone other than your waiter or waitress. Okay. Right. And then the waiter or waitress magically appears before you've taken the first bite and says, how is everything? <laughs> and what do we do? We're humans. We lie. And we say, things are good. You haven't tasted it. How do you know that things are good? This right. could be terrible. Oh, things are good. Then the waiter or the waitress disappears. Good luck seeing them again. Right. I would rather have you come after you've actually eaten four or five bites. What is the equivalent in the real estate world? I want your boxes mostly unpacked. I'm not naive enough to think they'll all be unpacked. Right. But I'd like most of your stuff to be unpacked. I'd like to check in a month later, two months, three mm. months. Mm. And I want to check in with the how are things going or is everything okay? Yeah. I would check in and I would say, so I've got a question for you. Every person that I've ever sold a home to realizes things once they're moved in that they didn't realize when they were looking at it. Yep. What are three things that you now know about, about this house that you didn't know when you moved in? Right. Now, here's the thing. That's an agnostic question. It doesn't presuppose a positive or a negative answer. They might say, I didn't know how friendly the neighbors were. Fantastic. I didn't know that there was a weird smell in the northeast corner of the basement. Oh, now there's something that I can potentially work on and deal with. Because right. let me tell you, most people think that the goal is to have the relationship keep going like this. Right. Never dip, just continue to go upwards. When the research actually shows that if the relationship dips and you fix it, it's kind of like breaking a bone. It comes back, it grows back stronger the second time. Sure. Right? So what you should be as a real estate agent is an investigator after the sale, trying to figure out the things that are going on in your customer's life right. that relate to the house or relate to real estate type activities that they may not volunteer unless you ask. Hmm. So I want to break this in. I'm a practical guy, you sure. know, having ran lots of real estate. And one thing that we, so we have 5,000 clients and I've gotten to view it. And I don't think anybody I've ever talked to does this. So I want to kind of put this in context. Would you, if I'm a listing guy and I walk in, I get the listing, we close on the house, they buy another house. You're saying once in that process, you might schedule a post listing or an after the escrow in-person meeting where you just do do a kind of deep dive in their experience and ask them non-judgmental questions but how, how has this experience been for you what have you realized absolutely and it could be in person it could be over the phone it could be over zoom right at the end of the day there has to be a reason for them to want to do it and to yes. make the time Yes. And so I don't know about you. There are plenty of folks who after a set, not, not that many, but there are folks who afterwards reach out. Oh, how was, how was your oil change? You know, and <laughs> you know, now most, if depending on where you get your car serviced, if you go into a dealership, what has happened in a lot of dealerships is as you're leaving, 
the service manager or someone will say, you may be getting a phone call in the next week to ask about your experience here. And we'd love it if you'd give us a five-star review. Right. Okay, that is designed to make you give a five-star review. Mm-hmm. That is not designed to get real answers. Right. So what I would do is figure out a way to get real answers. Another thing you could do is you could say, hey, my goal is to always be growing my business. My goal is to always be serving my clients exceedingly well. And one of the things I've learned over all the years I've been in business is there are times where I work with a client who I could have done something more. So I have just one question for you. Mm -hmm. What three things could I have done that would have made your experience better? Okay. It could be as simple as I would have liked two waters when we went around to (laughs) the houses. They right. might say things that are beyond your control. I would have liked to pay less for the house I ended up getting into. Okay, that's fine. But they might give you little nuggets of information that you can use to actually grow your business. Mm-hmm. For example, how, would you, how would you collect? I mean, wh- where would you store that? And like as an organization, let's say I have 10 agents that work for me, two, two are like customer service people, two are, you know, listing people. How would you store... And where would you put all that information? And then how would you review it on a regular basis? So I do a couple of things. Number one, I would try to collect all this information electronically wherever I can. So I'd send them a link to a short survey and I'd give them a reason to do the survey. Okay. So what I mean by that is let us buy you dinner the first week you're in your new house. Perfect. Okay. How are we going to do that? I'm going to ask you to answer five survey questions or three survey questions or whatever it is. And when you're done, we're going to send you an Amex or a Visa gift card for $50 to take your family to dinner. Now, some people listening might say, geez, Joey, you're going to give away $50 just for survey feedback? Yes, because it's worth its weight in gold. And my gut instinct is the commission was more than $50. So let's actually put our money where our mouth is and learn as opposed to just presuming that we know what people are thinking. Well, and I'd add something else, Joey. I don't know if you're listening right now in our market, like in the real estate world, and Joey, this is going to blow your mind. There are 5 million transactions that happen every year, roughly, right? Guess how much money and how many leads are sold. 120 million plus. That means real estate agents, we are buying 12x the actual number of transactions. Like it's just, it's, it's insane. I can't even do the math. It's so, it hits me in the gut. So your point right now of paying $50 for a client to give you great feedback and buy them a meal after a close, like spend that $50 instead of the $150 you're buying on a lead that is sold to 10 other agents. Exactly. Not to mention, let's pretend you spend that $50. You're actually picking up two leads. Number one, you're reinforcing the relationship with the person who you just got into a new house or sold a house for. So you're actually prepaying for the lead of the next time they need a house. Or their, or their friends, I was or say, their relatives. You, you're getting all the people in their circle. And I don't know about you, but I, will much, I would much rather get a lead from one of my existing clients saying, Joey, let me introduce you to my friend Bob who needs a house yep. 
than going to a list service right. and buying the name of somebody you filled out on a mortgage calculator, their email address. I'm sorry, and there's nothing against that business. If that's your business, I'm not being critical of it. I'm just saying that different leads have different values. Well, so what I would do is then give them that gift and you, you asked a really important question. What do we do with that information what we, once we get it? Yes. Here's the number one problem with surveys in corporate America across all industries. In fact, across corporations around the world. The yep. number one problem is they ask the question and then they never listen do to anything. or act on the answer. That's like, right. First of all, the majority of companies never even review the answers. So you fill out a survey. I don't know. You do a little experiment. Next time you get one of those surveys, write in the field. I will give $50 to anyone who calls me at this number in the next two weeks to ask me about my survey. Yeah. You'll get to keep your money. <laughs> respond. Or just put a little thing in. I will tell you a, a funny joke if you call me at this number. I will do X, Y, Z if you call me at this number. It doesn't have to be about giving people money. But the moral of the story is most businesses don't read. So what I would do is most brokerages, most real estate agencies I know have regular team meetings and yep. team huddles. Yeah. What do you usually do? Let's get everybody pumped up. We're going to have a big week. Let's sell. Who's going to be closing on Tuesday? Who's going to be closing on Friday? It's that kind of energy. And I get it. And it's rah-rah and it's let get going. But the problem is it doesn't look back to see what mistakes were made or what opportunities might be missed. So what I would do is I would review the surveys. And what I would do is I would celebrate the wins that come in. So it gives you another opportunity. You might be able to celebrate somebody who's a little more junior who isn't getting the level of commissions or selling the type of houses, but is getting rave reviews and you see where you're going. It also right. gives you a coaching opportunity to coach up any of your team members who are maybe struggling in an area. Yeah. But most importantly, it gives the business the opportunity to say, where can we improve? What can we do to make things better? Not only for that individual who answered the survey. Mm -hmm. But if one person says it on a survey, chances are better than not, there are other clients, other customers that are having that experience as well. That's right. You know, we have, um, so we have a cabin up in Tahoe and it's like a remote area and there's like one agent who like owns the whole area. But here's the thing, you can't get a guy to remove snow. You can't get any construction workers up there. It's impossible. It's, it's like this wilderness on the top of a mountain kind of place. And it's really tough. But I consistently give her feedback. Like, you got to get a list of all the service providers in the area. You got to start, you know, giving that out when you sell a house. You got to start loving on your clients. And, and honestly, like if somebody if she called me after I bought, it's been four years, but she never called and said, Hey, how was your experience? What did you realize? And I'm just now realizing how hard it is to just get anybody to show up. And I know her reason. And Joey, this is probably the most people just don't have the help that they need in their office. Sure. They're just short staff. They just yeah. don't have talent. A hundred percent, Daniel. And let's be candid. Running a business, as I said early, is very difficult. Okay, right. there's a lot of highs and lows, and most people are overworked and underpaid, or at least that's their belief, right? Uh -huh. I don't care where you fall in the chain. People lots of times think, oh, well, the business owner. What a lot of people don't realize is often in many businesses, especially small businesses in the United States, the right. owner is making less money than the employees. Than the top salesperson who is 
basically crushing it because they were hitting sales. And then the business owner was like, but we got to keep the clients and we got to do all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and I think, um, again, as if you're a CEO, the biggest challenge that you have is talent. And guys, I, I don't want you to miss out on Joey's book. So if you're still here and you haven't done it yet, text SVP to 31996 the 19th person gets, and from then on gets Joey's book. So quickly get out there and get a copy of that. Joey, what are the, what are the steps? We're going through actionable things that you can actually implement, but what are the different phases that, that, that are in your book that actually we should pay attention to? Yeah, let me do two things if I may, Daniel. I want to make one comment on what you said about service providers, and then we'll run through the eight phases real quickly, and then we can dive into each one. Sure. Here's the thing. Most real estate agents that go the extra step of providing a list of service providers yes. provide it right after the sale. Yeah, or during escrow. Which is a problem. Okay. And it's a problem for this reason. Let's say I bought my house in May. Yep. And I live in Colorado. And you give me a printout at closing of the people who would do snow removal. Yeah. It's now my job to hold on to that sheet of paper or to keep that email or keep however you shared it with me mm -hmm. until November when yes. I actually need it. Yep. I talk to real estate agents all the time and they're like, well, how do you keep in communication? Folks, make this stuff seasonal. At closing in May, only give me the lawn care names. And then in the fall, send me a letter to me personally saying, now that you've been in the house three months and it's fall, you might need some help raking the leaves. Mm. Here's the names of the three companies in town that do leave raking. So how do you, so, okay. So I would have to then put everybody on a schedule yes. go, and, and a calendar and link it with my CRM it would be kind of like treating each customer as an individual <laughs> instead of as a mass of humanity that you want to squeeze money out of. And I'm not saying you do this, Daniel, right? But here's the thing. Most yes. businesses do. Right. And so what I, all I want to do is, let's say you're going to be in contact once a quarter. Mm -hmm. All right. The summer is about mowing the lawn. Right. The fall is about raking leaves and cleaning gutters. Yep. Winter is about shoveling snow. Right. Spring is about aeration and doing all the cleanup of the yard so that you can actually enjoy it. So you sure. sequence your stuff. Well, then people say to me, well, Joey, then what happens the following summer when it's summer too? Well, now you message back and you say, hey, by the way, are you still mowing your own lawn or did you find somebody to take care of you? And you just send an email with that question. They right. might respond back and say, oh, I found a great kid down the street. His name's Billy. He mows the lawn for $10 a, a mow. <laughs> Fantastic. Would you be willing to introduce Billy to me? Because I might have some leads for Billy that I'd like to give him. They say, well, of course, because you just told them that you think they're smart. So they introduce you to Billy. Now you've got another name to put on the list. And then maybe you go to Billy and you say, hey, Billy, you mow lawns for $10 a lawn? And Billy says, yeah, it's great because Billy's in sixth grade and $10 feels like a million dollars. And you say, Billy, what's a house that you're going to mow so I can come see your work? Billy says, oh, well, I'm, I'm mowing my parents' lawn tomorrow. You say, great, I'm going to stop by at four o'clock and see how good of a job you did. You go and you see, and then you say, hey, Billy, here's the deal. I'm going to sell a bunch of houses this summer. Mm -hmm. Can I pay you to be the first person to mow their lawn? Nice. Now you've decided to give the gift of the first mow. Mm -hmm. 
now we're thinking more proactively about what you can do. And it's not always about a gift. It's about the thoughtfulness. It's never about the expense. It's about the thoughtfulness of the interaction and how much you think of them as a person. Now, as you can tell, I've got no strong opinions on this topic or I don't get excited or amped up about it. <laughs> I want to come back to the question you asked, Daniel. Yeah, what the are phases. the phases, okay? Yep. So here's the thing. is a little context for everybody listening. I believe there are eight phases of the customer journey. Your customer has the potential to go through all eight. The only way they will move from one phase to the next phase is if you help them make that transition. Okay. So every customer has the potential to go through all eight of these phases, but they won't go there unless you're actively helping them. The first phase is assess. This is when a prospect is considering whether or not they want to do business with you. What do you give them? What do you give them in that stage? In that stage, what you want to give them is insight or an experience as to what it will be like if they do decide to do business with you. Now, here's where most folks fall apart. In the marketing and sales part, they're really courting and they're selling and it. Look, they're responding right away to emails and phone calls and they're really right. And then they sign on the dotted line and they become a customer and now they have to fight to get on our calendar. Sure. That's not an experience of what life will be like after they become a customer. So you want to showcase what the experience is. If your experience is very high touch and ultra personalized, you want to start to hint at that in the assess phase, in the marketing and sales. So when they come to visit you, you've already done some research on their social media profiles. You know where they live now. You know what their neighborhood is like. You can speak intelligently to it. Oh, right. I see that right now you're living in the Hillcrest neighborhood. Are you looking to continue to live there or go somewhere else? And they're like, how do you know I live in Hillcrest? Well, I took your name. I went on to Facebook. Most of you don't have your privacy settings set properly, meaning most humans. And I was able to get your address. And then yeah. I looked and saw where your house was. And I pulled the records on it. And it's a three bedroom. And you just came in with four kids. My gut instinct is you need a bigger house. Would I be correct in that assumption? Right. Now they're going, holy cow, this is somebody that's looking down the field who's anticipating where I'm going to go. That's the assess phase. Phase two is the admit phase. This is when the prospect acknowledges that they have a need or a problem and they admit that you might be the person who's able to help out. Yes. They sign on the dotted line. They hand over their hard-earned cash. They officially transition from prospect to customer. In the admit phase. In the admit phase. Okay. What's important in that one? What, what, is the, what is the thing in that, in that, in that the phase? The thing to pay attention in the admit phase is in most business relationships, this is peak high emotion. Yeah. This is the best it's ever going to be. <laughs> Euphoria. Hopeful and dreaming. I yeah. liken this stuff to dating. It's like a marriage. The wedding day, everyone is celebrating, even the people who are married, who right. know that these little youngins have no clue of the challenges that they're going to face together. Right. Everybody's putting their best foot forward. Everybody's happy, gifts, presents, dancing, singing. <laughs> Everybody's joyous, right? So at the admit phase, really all you need to do is match the excitement level. You need Got to it. show that you're as excited about the prospect of where this relationship is going as they are. Yes. We then come to phase three, the affirm phase. In common parlance, this is buyer's remorse. This is when the dopamine starts to recede and they begin to doubt the decision they just made. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the real estate world, 
there's two hits of buyer's remorse. There's one when they originally decide to work with you because yes. they need that first meeting at your office and they're driving home and they're thinking, geez, you know, did I pick the right agent? Right. Are they really going to take care of me? Right. Do they really have my best interest in heart? Because okay. here's the thing, even if you're representing buyers, the perception is that your commission is higher based on the higher cost of the house. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Our interests aren't aligned. For every dollar more you make me pay, you make more money. Mm -hmm. That's not alignment of interest. On the seller side, the interests are aligned. Yeah. The more I sell your house for, the bigger my commission, but the bigger the amount of money you make too. On the right. buyer side, it's the opposite. So if you rep buyers, I want you to recognize their buyer's remorse is significant. There's also buyer's remorse on the seller side as well, because then they're wondering, well, you said you can get me a million, but the other agent we talked to said I could get four. Because yeah. there's been an agent that has said they can get four million when the house isn't worth a million. You're stretching it up to a million, hoping they're pushing it to stupid levels. Right. right? But this is the world we live in. So in the affirm stage, what you need to do is counter the buyer's remorse. You need to let them know they matter. You need to acknowledge the fact that they might be feeling some doubt and reaffirm their decision to work with you. How do you, how do you as an agent, how do you, or a business owner, how do you affirm rather than confirm? Like, cause that's my nervous. I'm like, Hey, you made the right choice. And they're like, really? Why? Uh, because I'm really good. <laughs> I mean, like you have to be able to answer it, right? Yeah. You have to be able to answer it. And so what I would do in a real estate setting is use this as an opportunity to remind them of some of the reasons why you're the best in the business. Got You've it. told me that you want to move to the, uh, wooded Hills division of our community. I have sold more homes in Wooded Hills and gotten more people into Wooded Hills in the last two years than any other real estate agent in this country. Got it. Oh, really? Yeah, and by the way, here's the list of 50 names. If any of these names are familiar, call them and ask them what it was like to work with me. If none of these names are familiar, pick any two and I'll give you their phone numbers and you can call and talk to them about what it was like to work with me. Right. I love it. Whoa. Now you're letting me choose. Here's the thing. Most businesses will give a testimonial or they'll give a referral. I don't know when that person bought that house, what neighborhood they were in, whether it's even real, if they're related to you, what the, the, the cost of the home was, all these various things that I see that and I doubt. If instead you say, here's everyone I've sold homes to, in the last six months or the last year. Mm -hmm. Why don't you pick a name mm -hmm. and I'll connect you? Well, now all the power is back to the customer, which by the way, it's where the power was all along, but you're right. reminding them that they have the power. Half of them aren't even gonna ask. That'll be enough that they'll just go, oh, well, this is it. I don't even need to call any names if you're willing to tell me. Right. Here's the thing, you gotta be willing to put any of your customers as a testimonial. Now, if you go into it with the mindset of, I want any of my customers to be able to serve as a testimonial, it will change how you approach all of your customers. I love it. it brings us to phase four, activate, yes. okay? This is when the relationship formally starts, okay? You wanna energize it, you wanna kick things off, you wanna set the tone for what doing business with you is gonna be like. 
Absolutely. In a real estate setting, this is often the first time you go around looking at houses. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause they're nervous. You're nervous. You pro as the real estate agent probably haven't asked enough questions to accurately recommend all the houses. So you're kind of given some parameters to figure out if what they told you really matches up with what they want. Right. You're trying to figure it out. You feel like they haven't been 100% honest. They may have <laughs> intentionally held back some of the stuff because right. they watched enough HGTV to know you're going to take them to more expensive houses than their budget. Right. That's this the trust we live in. Your trust, trust building. Yeah, and you're in the trust building stage. That's so right. to activate, what you want to do is show them that doing business with you is going to be unlike any other business experience they've ever had. How mm -hmm. do you do that? Well, it used to be it was enough that when they got into your car, you had a water for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every Uber I get into now has, a water. has water. So yep. guess what? real estate agent, you're not that special anymore. That's right. What I want is show me that you care about me as an individual, show that you care about my time. What I'd like to do is get into the car or maybe even before I get into the car, you give me a list of where we're going today. Yeah. And I know exactly the houses we're going and I see the photos and I know what we're doing. And then you say, at initial glance, here's the order we're approaching. Just out of curiosity, at initial glance, which one of these or two of these look the most interesting? Yeah. Which one or two look the least interesting? You just did, I don't know if you know this, but you just separated 95% of all agents and the five that sell 80% of all the, I mean- I can't tell you how many of our virtual assistants actually do that work. Like pull the list, organize it, put it in a map, put it in a document, send that document to the agent and prep it because people's time, I, here's the, yes. here's the it's the most precious thing we have. Absolutely. It's the only, it's the only thing, thing you, can't, you can't make more of. Exactly. The only thing in the world you can't make more of. Time. Exactly. And so, so appreciate my time and then show me you appreciate me individually. So for example, yes. and I tell this story in the book. I drink two things, water and root beer. <laughs> Call me crazy. That's what I do. Okay. okay. If I was dealing with a real estate agent mm -hmm. and I got into the car and yeah. there was the water, which I'm expecting, but there was also a cold root beer and maybe the root beer was said there and it was like, Hey, Joey, here's the thing. When we go to a house that you really like, let's crack the root beer. My goal is going to be to get you to open that as soon as we can on our journey today, seeing houses, but you keep me honest. You don't open it until you actually see a place that you think that could, I could see myself living there. That's wonderful. Now we've made an agreement that's fun that I'm going to give you a clear signal when you're getting it right. As opposed to what usually happens. Well, what'd you think of that place? Well, that was okay, but I want to see the next one. What'd you think of that place? Well, it's better than the last one, but what's this third place we're going to look at, right? You're right. not getting the information you need, but if you suddenly make it about me and make it about celebration, I want to open that root beer. Now, I may say to you after three houses, you know, we still haven't seen it yet, Daniel, but that root beer is looking awfully good. I'm just going to open it now and I'll tell you when we get to that one. <laughs> wouldn't you rather have that information wouldn't you rather have the information that the first three places you showed me were strikeouts 
Instead of thinking that you're on the right track when you're not, here's the thing. Most business owners are so afraid to get negative feedback that they shut down to any feedback. If you don't like what I'm selling, if you don't like what I'm showing you, I want to know right away. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's going to help me respect your time better. By the way, it helps me respect my time better too. Because if I'm not hitting, we need to stop this game have a real honest conversation about why we're not getting the right places. Yep. And we may punt the rest of the afternoon and come back a week from now with a new list because if we missed it going into it, I don't know what we're going to do. The other thing I do is I'll just say as a side, I know many folks who have bought homes that the first thing is they spend the day together. Don't spend the day together. Show me two houses the first time out. Yeah. Don't Don't, make it a huge commitment. Don't make it a big commitment for either party. Show me two houses and say, of these two, we can show you more if you need to. But I want to I have a policy of showing everybody two. And I'm going to show you two ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell me which end of the spectrum you want to be with. And then I'm going to show you more clustered around that end of the spectrum. Now we're in it together. You're making micro commitments and also making sure expectations are 100% align in the activate uh, phase. Okay, good. Acclimate. Okay. This is where you acclimate the customer or the client to your way of doing business. See, you've sold hundreds of houses, thousands of houses. Yep. This may be the first home they've ever purchased, but it's certainly the first one they've ever purchased from you. Right. So you need to acclimate them to your way of doing business. What is your normal? And here's the challenge in the acclimate phase. You have to undo all the bad experiences and all the preconceived notions they have about you and or your industry. Mm -hmm. What I do is early on in the process, back in the assess phase, I say, if I'm a real estate agent, I would say, great. So have you ever purchased a home before? Yes, I have twice. Awesome. Did you use the same agent? No. Great. You used two different agents and now you're talking to a third one. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I bet they did a great job, right? Ha ha. By the way, what are the three things that they did that you loved? And what are the three things that they did that drove you insane? And then I sit there with my ears open, ready to go. And I'm tracking exactly what it is. The things they did that drove the person insane are things I do. I have a choice. I either change my ways or I say, interestingly, I do the same thing. I believe in showing you two houses the first day instead of the eight that you want to see. And here's why. So do we have an agreement that if the first time out, I only show you two houses instead of eight, you're going to be okay with that, even though that annoyed you with the last agent? Right. Well, I'm not sure. Well, let me explain more about why it's two and what I'm going to do to make sure that the two I show you are in the ballpark, not just two randos. Right. And we'll go from there. So acclimate is about holding their hand as they navigate doing business with you. Then come to phase six, accomplish. This is when the customer achieves the goal that they had when they originally decided to do business with you. Now, the majority of real estate agents are going to say, well, the accomplishment is closing on the house. (laughs) It's moving in and being happy. It's moving in. It's moving in and being unpacked and living there and liking it. And loving the house. So here's the thing. Imagine a a race in a stadium, a foot race, a running race, and they're running around the track and they're going, and let's say they're running a hundred yard dash, okay? And they get up to 90 and they go, I'm good, and they stop running. Yeah. That's what most real estate agents do. Right. Selling the house is yard 90 of the hundred. Right. 
not only do you need to do the next 10 to get them there, moved in, to get across the finish line. But you should sprint. But you should sprint and you should lean at the tape. Why yeah. do you lean at the tape? Because the people that lean in the tape go further. Number two, when I ran track, which I was not good at running track, let's be clear. Full disclosure. Yeah. Our coach used to teach us to imagine a finish line 10 yards behind the actual finish line right. and to run to that one. Right. That's what real estate agents need to do too. Mm -hmm. Imagine going to the six-month anniversary of moving in, not of closing, of moving in. That's right. what you should be running towards. Well, and, and in this world, I mean, because I'm a real estate broker and I did this, my virtual assistants would help them change the utilities. We would set up the movers. We would make sure that they have the cable and the phone and the yes. internet and everything. And by the way, you don't want to go with this one. You got to go with this one because these ones are the best price and the highest speed, you know, like all that stuff. And um, we'd even collect back in the day, we'd even collect their information to help them with um, the uh, housewarming party. Like, let's throw a party, man. Let's get, let's do this together, you know? And I, we'd, we'd help organize that. And, and it's something that's very simple for, um, you know, when you have the right team in place. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's the accomplished phase. So those are the first six phases. Wait, Joey, you said there were eight. Yes, these uh -huh. last two, most businesses never touch. Okay, so this is where the gold is. This, this is, is where, so let's be clear. The six phases before you have to do right, and most businesses don't get them right. Most businesses fall apart between phase four and five, between activate and acclimate. They break up in the acclimate phase. Right. And that's where everything kind of goes. Expectations are all wonky. Expectations are off. People, go, people ghost on you. It gets quiet. It goes dark. They leave and go work with someone else. You get bored, whatever it may be. It's in the that's acclimate right. stage. Because the acclimate stage is in many ways the painful stage, right? It's when you're really doing the work that you're going to yeah. get paid for. Okay. Well, and we, we like to say dissatisfaction is it when reality and expectations are off. And I, I don't know if I got that from you. Did I get that from yeah. you? You may, I'm, I'm familiar with the saying. It's not my saying originally, but I'm familiar with the saying and it's something that I talk about. Yeah. And so what are we doing to make sure that we're meeting all the expectations? That's right. And then exceeding. See, it's like you said earlier. Well, how do we wow? A lot of folks are looking for the how to exceed expectations. Right. First, you got to meet them. Right. I don't care if you had an amazing, let's again, let's go back to that restaurant analogy. You come and they say, oh, Mr. Coleman, always a pleasure to see you back at the restaurant and everything's going well and you're calling by me my name and I feel really personalized. Right. And you give me something I didn't order. Right. It's like, uh, you failed at the basic thing. I don't the like the shrimp. The basic thing is that I get the food that I ordered. Right. <laughs> those are the Annie up chips to sit down at the table. The sure. how you greeted me, the sound of the music, the lighting in the restaurant, the ambiance, all those things are important. But if you're not doing the basics, we don't even have a chance to notice those. Right. Well, let's come back to phase seven, adopt. Okay. This is when the client becomes loyal to you and only you. They mm. are going to, no matter where they move in the future, no matter what house they buy in the future, they're coming to you. Even because. if they're moving out of state, because the relationship has been so great, they have adopted you. Got they it. start to take responsibility for the relationship. Even if you aren't communicating with them regularly, they're still checking in with you regularly. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting standard when we think about it. 
Imagine yeah. how many customers check in with the brand to see what's going on. Now, for example, Apple has a lot of adopters and everybody's heard the story of Apple adopters and how fanatic they are. But yep. here's the thing, a real Apple fan is constantly checking the Apple website and looking at Mac rumors to see what's coming new. Mm. Stuff that they don't even have a need for, they wanna pay attention to because they have such affinity and such adoption of the brand. They right. want, well, they're a fan, they're a follower. Then we come to phase eight, the advocate phase. Okay, this is when the customer becomes a raving fan referring new business to you. Right. Now, here's the thing. Folks, everybody who's listening, the real estate agents, how many of your existing clients are actually advocates? How many are actually referring you new business? Right. Chances are it's less than 5%. What should it be? Like, what's, what's a gold standard? I'm, I'm talking to the guy that advises the I mean, large companies. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's, it's very industry-specific industry and regionally-specific, right? right? But here's the goal I go into. I want to give everybody the opportunity to be an advocate. Yes. Even if they don't become an advocate. Okay. Because let's be candid. Not everyone will be an advocate. Right. It's the nature of the beast. There may be somebody who lives in your community that's a hermit, that they bought their house, they don't have any friends, they don't have any family member in the region, they're never going to refer you business. Right. But they could still be an advocate because they could still speak positively of you when somebody does ask about them. So they could be, you know, at the very least an adopter, right. who maybe is a less than formal advocate. But here's the crazy thing about advocates. Most business treat their advocates terribly. Right. Terribly. How should you? Uh, well, first of all, you should acknowledge their importance to your business. So a lot of real estate agents will get a referral. Yep. And what they do, so they'll get like an email intro. Yep. Hey, hey, Daniel, my friend Karen is interested in buying a house and I thought I'd introduce you to her. Perfect. Daniel then says, whoo, hot lead, hot lead. I'm going to get this one responds to the email, thanks, Joey, moving you to BCC now to avoid clogging your inbox. Don't worry, I'll take care of Karen. Then Joey never hears from Daniel again. Right. Karen may turn out to be a great referral. Karen may turn out to be a terrible referral. Either way, I need to know. You need to keep me posted. Yep. As it goes through the process, I, what I like to do is I say to then Karen, hey, Karen, are you okay since Joey was the one that referred us? If I keep him apprised of how things are going, I really want him to appreciate, to know how much I appreciated the referral. Are you yep. okay if I let him know where you are in the process? I know you guys are friends and you'll probably let him know, but are you okay if I let him know too? Right. Karen's probably going to say yes. Sure. And then now you're in communication with me. Hey, Joey, just a quick note. We had our first day of going around looking at houses with Karen today. Didn't find the actual one, but boy, did we narrow the field. And she's a delight to work with. Thanks again for referring her. Sure. Hey, Joey, guess what? Act surprised when she tells you, but we put an offer in and it was accepted. Karen's going to get a new place. I am so thrilled. I had a it was a delight working with her. Rest assured, we're going to get her across the finish line and get everything closed nicely. And you're giving updates. Then think about giving presents or gifts that are commensurate with the value of the exchange. Right. Sometimes it's enough to send a handwritten thank you note. 
but I like to be to do that and a little bit more. So how can you be creative? How can you go the extra mile? Let's right. say I referred Karen and you say, and let's say it was a big deal. If you came back to me and you said, hey, Joey, here's the deal. I loved that referral from Karen. It worked out incredibly well. Yeah. I want to give you something back in appreciation. Sure. I know you've got a big lawn. And I know that you pay Billy to mow that lawn every <laughs> week. Yeah. For 2020, I'm making arrangements with Billy. He's going to still mow it every week, but you're never going to see an invoice. I love it. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Now you've given me something that is actually a value. And every time my lawn gets mowed and I don't have to pay Billy, I think of you. Even though Billy isn't wearing your logo t-shirt as he mows the lawn or anything like that, if the right. gift is good enough, you don't need to put your name on it. Sure. Let me repeat that. If the gift is good enough, you don't need to put your name on it. <laughs> And they'll still remember who it came from. Now, real estate agents are normally horrible at this. They want yeah. to put their name and logo on everything. Stop. Right. That's not a gift. That's a marketing tool. It's a promotional tool. I'm not against that. But if you're putting your name on it thinking it's a gift, you're deluding yourself. And if you doubt the validity of that statement, I want you to imagine that it's your birthday or it's Christmas yep. morning or it's one of the nights of Hanukkah or it's at some time where a gift is being exchanged. Yeah. And your grandma gives you a box and you open it up and it's a sweater with her name on it. <laughs> I don't care how much you love your Nana. You're not wearing that sweater. Right. Stop thinking that it's a gift. If you put your name on it, give I better gifts. Hey, Joey, can you grab a copy of your book real quick? Yes. And show? Okay. So guys, here's how I work. I wanted help in our customer service world. I bought his book. I gave it to all of our, our team. And then after reading, I was like, I got to call this guy. I got to call this guy and get him on our show. There are photos. There are graphs. There are key takeaways, right? Yes. And if you've enjoyed listening to me talk today, the audio book, I narrate. Nice. So I'll read the book to you if you want to go on Audible <laughs> and buy the audio book. But here's the thing. Um, I want to give everybody, how would somebody, because here's the thing, as real estate people, we don't think about this. We just simply don't. What happens is we get along the, the, the trip of the seven-figure business roadmap. We start netting a million bucks a year. And then we say, well, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't grow now. And I don't know how to do it. And we brought this guy on, Joey on, to help you through that. So if they want to get more information, where should they go and what should they do to kind of get in contact with you? Well, the easiest, fastest way to get more information is to read the book. And folks, by the way, you know, this isn't me shilling the book. As you'll see in chapter one of the book, if you buy the book and you don't feel that you get value out of it, all you have to do is message me. My email is in the book. You send me an nice. email and I will refund the full amount of what you paid for the book. Happy. Beautiful. Okay. Number two, you can probably get the book at your library. Number three, you know, it's available. Okay. So make, I think last I checked uh, last week, it was $18 and 90 cents on Amazon, you know, for less than $20, you can have a decades plus of experience across companies doing this small, medium, and large. There are 46 case studies in the book. 46 different companies that we talk about the ways that they make their customer journey remarkable and right. they're all actionable. It's a very action driven book. So check it out. Uh, there's also the ebook of the same. There's the audio book of the same. 
that's a great way to get exposed. The second way is to connect with me on my website, joeycoleman.com. That's J-O-E-Y, like a five-year-old you probably know. Uh, but <laughs> Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, like the camping equipment, but no relation, joeycoleman.com. If you go there, there are free things you can download, blog posts you can read about. Uh, you know, I've got a podcast called Experience This which is all about customer experience in a variety of different industries. So there's yep. a lot of different ways to connect. See, the moral of the story is I want you to create better customer experiences. Not yep. because I think you're bad at it today, but because I know it can be better. It can always be better. And if the experience of buying a house from you is better, yes. guess what else has to happen? Well, right. then the lawn care company needs to get better at their experience. The bank in your community needs to get better at their experience. The restaurants need to get better at their experience. And all boats rise together. See, my, I'm on a mission to take the bar for customer experience, which is currently lying on the ground, especially yes. in the United States, yes, and raise it and increase the experience people are having because then it also calls on us to create better experiences for the people we interact with in our day. Yep. I'm a big believer in this stuff. I know it works. Uh, I greatly appreciate you having me on the show, Daniel. It's been an absolute delight. And if anyone yeah. who's listening has questions, ping me, reach out to me. Happy to help and be of support in any way that I can. What's crazy is I just, we just called Joey and said, hey, would you come on our show? And he's like, absolutely. In fact, I got to talk to you while you're flying from, I don't know where, you know, you, people pay you thousands of dollars to speak and teach this stuff. And here we are, we're giving it to you free. And if you go on our website, myoutdesk.com forward slash Joey Coleman, we're giving away his, his 100 day starter kit that completely outlines all of these phases. So you can have a cheat sheet. We talked about them today, but it's hard when you're de designing a business. I know I, that, that's what we do here is we help entrepreneurs design their business ex and their customer experience with great folks, great talent. So I know it's hard. We want you to have this thing. Joey's giving it away for free. And don't forget the SVP thing. If you text SVP to 31996, 31996, the 19th person on is going to get a copy of Joey's book for free because I love our audience. I love you, Joey. Thank you so much for being here today. What's the one thing we should leave our audience with today? Like, what's the one thing that out of all of this that they need to think about as entrepreneurs, business owners? Yeah. Okay. My gut instinct is when you got into this business, yep. one who's listening, you were excited. Hmm. You were excited about the industry. You were excited to help people find a home. You were excited to help people sell a home. You're excited to make some money and grow a business for yourself and your family. Yeah. But my gut instinct is you're not as excited today as you were then. Could be wrong, but statistically, I know for a fact that the majority of you aren't. Right. And there's a number of reasons for that. And we could have a whole separate call just about that. The moral of the story is by turning your focus back to your clients, by putting the emphasis back on the people that you serve, and it really is a profession of service, you will rekindle those old feelings. You will get excited about the business again. See, I can help you keep more customers. I can help you get more customers. I can help you make more money. Those are all great things. Yeah. 
but if I can make you more excited to go to work, if I can make you more excited to do another open house, mm-hmm. if I can make you more excited to spend another Saturday driving clients all around your city, showing yeah. the houses, hoping that you get the right one, I think I will have done something that's actually a lot more valuable to you than increasing your business, increasing your retention, making you more money. Because I will have reconnected you to something that's actually inside of you, but that just hasn't had the chance to get as much attention or focus in recent months or years as some of the other things of running a business. So that's my hope for you. you're, You're reconnecting them with purpose inside their business and service. I love it. Zig Ziglar says it best, man. Help enough people get what they want and you'll get what you want also. That guy, I love that guy. 100%. Joey, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, guys, check out myoutdesk.com forward slash Joey Coleman, J-O-E-Y-C-O-L-E-M-A-N. Thanks for being here, brother. This has been awesome. Daniel, appreciate it. Take care, everyone, and best of luck in the first 100 days and beyond. Yes, thank you.